0: Pew, 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 pew. Alrighty, well, good morning, everybody. John here with Crypto Top 10 coming at you with some more trending articles in the crypto news space. Right off the top, uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to everyone in the United States who was celebrating. I hope you stayed safe. Uh, wife and I and uh, the son had a pretty subdued Thanksgiving with ham because neither of us really cares for turkey. But that is neither here nor there. It was nice though. Nice and quiet, peaceful. Uh, And then he woke up and started crying at the table. So, you know, the typical stuff with a newborn. But all that being said, I do want to say thank you to everyone who has subscribed. If not, it's that little red, blue, pink or green button, depending on what platform you're finding this on that you can just hit to get updates from me whenever I drop some content and uh yeah thanks for that do appreciate all those who have and then uh yeah let's get into things i'm still waking up a little bit so if you hear any clinking that's just the coffee but yeah so crypto market had a bit of uh, a downturn over thanksgiving they're already calling it the thanksgiving crash i mean black thursday black friday it's just kind of a well Thanksgiving bloodbath sounds better to me, but eh, whatever. However, Bloomberg is still pretty happy with the asset overall. Uh, and even though they've been a bit of a critic in the bit of Bitcoin in the past, it seems that uh, things are starting to win over them. So in an article published today, uh, the publication known for its pessimism, highlighted a range of Bitcoin metrics that point to a pretty bullish future. Uh, included in the evidence were record high Bitcoin futures with open interest, non-zero wallet numbers uh, being at an all-time high, hash rates, and the lack of correlation be- between Bitcoin and other macro assets. Uh, it just look at the market technicals and Wall Street's growing embrace of the world's biggest digital currency. Uh, Bloomberg referenced what it described as crypto diehards, or you know, people that are heavily involved in the crypto space that they quoted. Uh, who are rejecting the idea that the current price gains are just another bubble. I am not. Well, I guess I am a crypto diehard. I'm not included in this group of them, obviously, but I do agree. This is different than 2016. The networks are stronger. The exchanges are better. The use cases are higher. The public knowledge is better. And the institutional players are here to stay. Uh, separate from this, an interview with Bloomberg TV on Friday, uh, meanwhile, saw Antoni Tretchev, CEO of Nexo, forecasting Bitcoin is hitting an all-time new, a new all-time high by the end of this year, uh, stating, The digital gold narrative is stronger than ever. If Bitcoin can capture just 10% of the total market cap of gold, we will be at 50k in no time. I agree with him. Uh, digital gold is a very strong selling point. I mean, when you talk about buying gold, you're talking about buying gold by the ounce. Imagine if you could buy gold by the bar. Or a, a half bar. A quarter bar? I mean, a full Bitcoin is out of reach for the average American at this point, even at these vastly subdued price levels. Clocking in at 16760 bucks right now. Thereabouts, you can, you know, a, the average person might be able to come up with 8,000 for half or 4,000 for a quarter. Just wait till the day when you're talking about buying things a 1,000 Satoshis at a time. That is when uh, we've made it. But part of the crypto's positive image stems from its now eight-month growth spurt since its mark, March crash, uh, during which it has consistently outperformed the other macro assets. Even after dipping all the way back down to where it is, Bitcoin's year-to-date return still stands at 135% against 19% for gold and 12% for the S&P 500. Though I will say 12% for S&P 500 is still pretty darn good for the stock market. I wouldn't mind a 12% return and I certainly do not mind the 135% return uh, that I've got on any assets I bought back at the beginning of the year, not much so is Bitcoin gonna replace gold I mean future and fund flows are saying yes uh, the future open interest is rising and an investor inflows in Bitcoin versus the same declining for gold indicate that the cryptocurrency is kind of gaining an edge because of its price appreciation I think it's gonna become like six of one half dozen of the other as people pull out of gold and put into Bitcoin it, gold will go down yes but that just creates an opportunity for it to go back up in the future i could definitely see gold rebounding next year uh, as bitcoin cools off a little bit Uh, as well as i do expect bitcoin to be back on top in terms of price gaining here soon i do agree that we will probably see a new all-time high before the end of the year uh, everyone spent all their money and went, oh crap, I got to cash out these gains to buy the latest Black Friday stuff. So, uh, once everyone's got their cool new tech gadgets and they've got another paycheck, we'll be right back where we were. Mark my words. All right, hopping on over. Urine Finance, despite the overall bloodbath in the crypto market, seems to be doing well. It actually climbed 16%. There's a pretty interesting reason for it. So, Yearn Finance just announced its merger with Pickle Finance. That's right, merger, not partnership. Merger. Uh, it's marking a one-of-a-kind link between the two DeFi finance projects. For those of you who don't know, Pickle is a yield farming project that strives to maintain stablecoins pegs, i.e., keeping them uh, at that dollar mark. Two days after this merger, Yearn then announced a similar partnership with Cream, a decentralized lending protocol running atop Ethereum. A day later on Friday, rumors are starting to circulate that Andre Crone, the urine finance founder, is also looking at to merge or possibly acquire swap Yeah, so it's kind of looking like uh, I don't know, urine's becoming a pretty big powerhouse in the space. Crone's certainly making good moves. Uh, there were a couple skeptics out there who criticized Crone for unilaterally signing these new partnerships without calling for a governance vote amongst Wi-Fi holders, which I do think that's actually legitimate criticism. This is a DeFi project. You should probably be vetting these things through your users. However, uh, the vast, and I mean vast majority of Yearn Finance's community is going to ignore the criticism because... Uh, this is going to drastically grow the Wi-Fi ecosystem, and a 16% increase in price ain't nothing to scoff at. Some of the more happy ones are calling Yearn Finance the first emerging quote conglomerate of DeFi. Uh, that also explained why Wi-Fi made a comeback recovery in a week that saw the majority of cryptos just get slaughtered. Um, yeah, I'm incredibly bullish on Wi-Fi, especially making these moves. I do acknowledge that, yeah. Krone probably shouldn't just be unilaterally signing these partnerships, but if the DeFi community would like to elect, you know, like a small panel of people who could make these types of decisions quickly and give them, you know, very limited power, probably wouldn't be a bad idea. It wouldn't compromise the market while adding uh, legitimacy to what he's doing. But as long as he does what is good for Yearn, people really aren't gonna complain so yeah all right let's hop on over uh, Libra for those of you who don't know a stable coin Facebook was trying to put out this uh, is ready for launch early next year per, per a report from Financial Times uh, conceived back in 2018 Libra was initially supposed to be an internationally used and accepted coin backed by various fiats and 27 billion dollar conglomerates However, regulators soon crashed that party for a pretty good reason and took action to cease the development of Libra, citing it as an attack on monetary stability and a medium for terrorist financing. Uh, Yet, they literally wanted to make it, if you had a Facebook account, you could, with any currency, buy Libra. In effect, Facebook trying to circumvent the monetary system and, quite frankly, creating almost a one-world currency overnight... After this, uh, Libra's corporate partners like PayPal, MasterCard, and Stripe all kind of dipped out of there. Cue SpongeBob meme. Uh, But now, the project back into the limelight with the less ambitious version. Uh, This will be back to one-on-one basis with the US dollar, Eh, pretty much just like uh, USDC, just any stablecoin. Additional fiat pegs will be rolled out at a later date after thorough legal and regulatory compliances. So, all right, we won't do it all at once, but we'll kind of just step by step. We'll ease into it. Uh, Meanwhile, a report added that some Libra members such as Spotify and Uber may onboard the currency as a payment method to their platforms as well, but they're going to wait to see how things would go again. Yeah, it's getting to that one world currency level and I don't want a central, any centralized entity, specifically Facebook having that level of control that's some cyberpunk level of stuff in my opinion all right hopping on over uh for those of you who may or may not be aware uh, on november the 25th so not too long ago uh coinbase experienced uh elevated error rates basically they crashed uh that is not something that is uncommon and it probably didn't serve to help what became the thanksgiving crash or the thanksgiving bloodbath but uh they found their scapegoat well probably legitimately uh basically a lot of their back-end systems were, uh use aws or amazon web services and there was a service outage and that's what caused it uh these aws issues also had a significant impact on the tech sector in general uh, adobe spark flickr and a lot of online newspapers were all affected within uh, the last day headlines have run with claims that the outage took out a portion of the internet and hobbled businesses i mean yes but the exact portion i feel like is like one percent so i mean oh well um but no it definitely did uh, affect things down kind of more on the micro level with all of us so this latest outage is not something entirely new uh, it's happened before coinbase has had nine separate issues that led to different types of outages um, and there's quite frankly a lot of uh, widespread discontent ceo of coinbase brian armstrong took to twitter to state we're working hard to add additional capacity both in servers and customer support to deal with increased traffic thank you for your patience during this time and thank you to the team at coinbase working hard to serve our customers bull runs can be exciting and stressful i do agree with him on uh part of those things but you really I can't criticize it. He's not doing anything different than any other business does. You run with the bare bones that you need, hiring on additional and laying off extra as you go. That's how it works. You might like it. You might not. You might think they should have enough people on hand to meet whatever demands may show up. But if that demand doesn't show up, you now have 15, 20, 30, 40, 100 people sitting around, collecting a paycheck, doing nothing. And no business wants that. Though uh, I wouldn't mind if there's a business out there that wants that and is hiring, I am available. Hopping on over, we haven't talked about this in a while, but a little report on China's uh, BCN or blockchain, or sorry, BSN, blockchain service network. Uh, it's introducing support for another new batch of major blockchain protocols. On November the 26th, it announced it's going to be integrating Polkadot, Oasis, and BitYuan into its ecosystem on the 30th of November. Uh, Polkadot is designed to connect multiple separate blockchains into one unified network, and it also enables the processing of numerous transactions on several chains in parallel, or parachains as they call them, which uh, brings another level to network capacity. Oasis specializes in private and scalable DeFi tools, and BitYuan is a blockchain solutions provider for Chinese companies. Uh, so, the blockchain service network is a public network. Piloted in 2019, the BSN rolled out its first set of blockchains, including Ethereum and EOS, in August of 2020, with other networks like Algorand coming as part of a second batch. Uh, basically, you are able. Uh, as a global any global developer to access a certain network through bsn's global public city nodes and portals uh, in order to deploy and manage their own permissioned chains on the bsn international developers have to create an account on the official website and there goes my kid kicking around on the video monitor what fun but the bsn is quite interesting i dislike the fact that china's running it because i don't like china they do love their control and i don't care for it but this network is public it subsidizes it through the government and it allows them to foster crypto and blockchain innovation while maintaining some control it's a pretty nifty tool even if i disagree with the way it's being implemented and then to round things off today In an episode of the pomp podcast ripple ceo brad garlinghouse talk with uh the pomp himself anthony pomp pompilano Uh, amongst the things they talked about he uh mentioned about you know in the united states there's quite an interesting regulatory environment Uh, ripples possibly migrating out of the u.s and a key issue for the company which is the united states classifying it as a security that regard Garlinghouse highlighted the frustration that exists towards US regulatory authorities over their stance on cryptos, citing a Justice Department report that attempted to unify the views of the regulatory authorities. Garlinghouse said that at least seven different positions were cited, therefore demonstrating the lack of unity in their criteria. Uh, Ripple has about 150 potential customers in the United States, according to Garlinghouse, who need this regulatory clarity before they can begin to use the company's products. So basically, Ripple is being stagnated by the U.S. government. Who would have thought? Uh, so he does believe that China is the biggest winner because the Chinese Communist Party controls these technologies. I agree with him with that entire statement, though I would add in the flavor text that I don't like it. Uh, when added, if there's a possibility that China will make a 51% attack on the Bitcoin network, he responded with, of course. Of course there's a possibility, but uh, at that point, point what in the world are you doing you would just be destroying something that I'm assuming they have invested pretty heavily in uh Garlinghouse was not concerned about possibility of XRP being classified as security ripple would be able to exist if this happens this is because most of the payment solutions the company's customers that use XRP are currently using them for aren't in the United States partially because of all this regulatory unclearness really and seriously xrp uh, is doing what they can but it's on the united states to make a move uh the trump administration i'm sorry the sec and all that stuff under the administration didn't really do too much i'm interested to see if even if biden's incoming administration overregulates it a little bit or a lot of it at least there'll be regulations that can then be worked on and narrowed down based on feedback from businesses and corporations like ripple so not perfect but we'll see where the future takes us but that does it for the trending articles in the crypto news space let's take a look at the top 10 cryptos by market cap bitcoin is dipped under seventeen thousand dollars sixteen eight ninety five oof down two percent on the day Ethereum, which I believe was over 600 at one point, is back at 5.11, down 1.72% on the day. XRP is holding a little bit flat, but they made it up to almost a dollar, if I remember correctly. They're back down around half. Uh, Bitcoin Cash, basically everything is the red. Litecoin, the biggest loser on the day, down 8.57%. Cardano is actually holding pretty flat, even though it is down on the day, it is still up on the week. So good for them. In terms of biggest winner today, sushi swap is up 17%. Probably because of the news from urine finance. Stellar is doing pretty decent. And of course, Wi-Fi up 8.62% on the day as well. Not too bad. Whew. Where are we? Biggest loser, energy web token down 10%. I mean, it's a pretty meh day for cryptos overall, but it's not a horrendous day though I would like it if it picked up. But that will do it for this episode. Again, thanks to everyone who has subscribed. If you haven't and you've made it to this point, you might as well hit that button wherever it is so that way you can stay up to date on all the trending articles in crypto news space. My name is John, and I'll be talking to you soon. Peace.